As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon separated in birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. And I love our work here is done i feel like we've finally made it because of our shout out because of our shout out really yeah i'm i'm really impressed with that i was very i was afraid why well nick was like hey did you guys hear the shout out on the woody show today and i said for us and he said yeah shout out on the woody show today that's pretty cool i i'm terrified because i don't because you thought it was going to be bad. Well, because if, if we say something about the Woody Show, then people tweet the Woody Show and says they're totally bad mouthing you guys. They're like totally rolling you we, guys which over. Which is not true. We uh, never said only paid like homage. We love the Woody Show. But yeah, they uh, they gave us a shout out. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have to play that if we have permission. We have permission. Sure. Hashtag iHeartLife. How's that doing, by the way? I don't know. Uh, Okay, so today we have a lot to get to. Yesterday, the big deal, of course, was the president and the meeting that was supposed to take place between Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi doubled and tripled down on her condescending, I pray for the president. She did it again today uh, and talked about she prays for an intervention. Well, proof that she listens to the show as well. Oh, my God. Because you uh, had some harsh words for Nancy yesterday. Well, she didn't say she prayed for me. I know that. But she also talked. She had this very interesting logic. She said that the reason the president was upset is because the House is not going forward with impeachment. So we'll we'll do that. At Swamp Watch, I have a couple of cuts from her news conference from this morning. At 1130, this open letter to Gavin Newsom is horrifyingly accurate. It's completely on point, and it's terrifying. I mean, we know all of these things, yeah. but this letter puts it in such a succinct way that it really hits hard. And it, uh, It's one of those things as a California native, having grown up here, obviously, and then left and come back here, it's, it's hard to read. It makes you sad, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I got chills. Especially when, I mean, the description is that this guy's talking about his his daughter leaving. And I think about when my kids are old enough to make these decisions about where they want to live and not live. And California is not a place they want to live. And then they start having kids. And then you're not going to be there for the kids. And then do you move too? What's the deal? All right. We got a bunch to get to today. Let's start, of course, with John Walker Lind. John Walker Lind has been released from prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. American Taliban, John Walker Lind. Now, he was released. They say that the conditions are going to be pretty tight on him. They're going to monitor him. He's got to go to counseling. He can't do any international travel. But when he was sentenced back in 2002, he talked about remorse. He talked about joining the Taliban was a mistake. Well, as soon as 2015, he was extolling the virtues of ISIS, 
to a local TV station. He also, this doesn't give one way or the other in terms of whether he's a good guy or bad guy, but he was involved in 2012, I believe it was, in a lawsuit against the prison there, the communications management unit at Terre Haute, Indiana, when he was arguing in favor of group prayer sessions as being a devout Muslim. You have to pray five times a day, including specific ones uh, that have to be done in congregation, if at all possible. And they were arguing on behalf of praying in uh, in a congregation, in a group. He wrote a letter to KNVC here in L.A. in 2015, and he said this. The Islamic State is clearly very sincere and serious about fulfilling the long-neglected religious obligation to establish a caliphate through armed struggle, which is the only correct method. Yeah, sounds like he's ready to come out and be part of society, doesn't it? He said he was proud to take part in the Afghan jihad Jihad in this letter. He signed his name as Yahya. The... Four letters... He he wrote and then stopped answering reporters' questions about ISIS. Probably got to him that um, that it's not a good idea to put your love of jihad down in a letter when you're so close to your early release date. And that's the key here, early release. Yeah, he was – it was a couple of months ago, whatever, the decision was made that he had been uh, – had basically had good behavior, although – there are people who have suggested and government reports have suggested he wasn't the model prisoner that he was being made out to be. Uh, just a reminder, he was he was captured with Taliban fighters in Afghanistan just after the September 11th attacks, weeks after the September 11th attacks. And while being interviewed by military intelligence and CIA officials, he did not warn anybody about this uprising that he knew about in Balk, where he was being held. And that led to the death of a CIA agent, and his family is speaking out today. We'll tell you what they said when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue, plus your chance at $1,000. We'll tell you how you can win that. Gary and Shannon, if you win that $1,000, by the way, they'll contact you by phone. Just make sure you answer, even if it is from a number you don't recognize here in the next hour or so. But uh, if you don't, don't worry. Another chance an hour from now to win a 1000 bucks. an hour or every hour, actually. 20 minutes past the hour, all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. Would you hire a male nanny, a manny, as it were? We're going to talk about that coming up after Chris's news at the top of the hour. Just remembered where that's from. There is a manny that is in trouble in Orange County. It's from This Is Us. This Is Us. Yeah. Who is the character, the younger guy, or the brother played the young... The, the actor brother played the character of the Manny. And that's how he became famous. Like a decade and a half before that. Blake, you weren't alive when Friends was on television. I sure was. I don't barely. Oh, we check that clock. Because Ross and Rachel hired one. The last Friends episode was two thousand four. And Blake was born in nineteen ninety one. Eight. One. Reminder tomorrow, by the way. Uh today right now is the time that you tell your boss Hey, boss, I'm going to try balut this day for lunch so that when you eat it or don't really eat What's it. What's balut? Excuse me? You don't know what that is? No. It's like fertilized egg. What? Ugh, don't. Look Give it a shot. You'll know. No, it's a really bad. It's like a Philippine dish. Uh, Filipino is what you're going The one with the live bird in there. 
Yeah. Well, it's not live. It's not fully live. It's like oh, partially Jesus, formed. Mary and Joseph. So tell your boss you're in for a balut Why? buffet today. Why did you let so you can feign sickness and come tomorrow to Bravery Brewing in Lancaster for our latest news and brews to help kick you off Memorial Weekend. You, I told you. That's what I'm saying. But but you can't do that. You have to say to your boss, hey, I'm trying something new. I don't know what Balut Buffet is, but it sounds good. <laughs> and then they'll know exactly. Uh, we will have Panera out there for some early uh, pastries and coffee. Tacos El Superior for some lunch as well. Chop Shop Barbershop providing free haircuts for veterans all day. The Patriot Guard Riders Motorcycle Group. A uh, very special event. The local auto shop at the Automobile Club giving away a car to a veteran in need. And we got a review yesterday from Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place, that the KFIPA is ready. It's beautiful, too. Doesn't it look cool? Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's in kegs. It's in the fridge. It's ready to be served tomorrow. And tomorrow's going to be the first day that the public gets a taste of the KFIPA brewed by Bravery Brewing just for us and just for this news and brews. Come hang out with us. No excuses. Balut. Balut. John Walker Lint is free, released from prison today after serving 17 years of his 20-year sentence. CIA operative Johnny went by the name of Mike Spann. His family is upset about this. They are upset about this because Mike Spann was killed in part because of information John Walker Lind did not turn over during his interrogation. Mike Spann was a father of three from Alabama, and he had questioned Lind just a few hours before an uprising that took Spann's life. The uh, One of those kids is now in her mid-20s. She was nine when her father was killed. Uh, if you've seen the video, I'm sorry, the, uh, the still images of Mike Spann's wife, Shannon, I think her name was, and the three kids... At the grave marker at Arlington National Cemetery, heartbreaking. But one of those kids was Allison, and she said very clearly, "This is not, this is not what's supposed to happen to bad guys." He's responsible in some part for the death of my father, and so for him to be released early just was unbelievable. We never thought that that was actually going to happen. And here you go. He's released. His mom picked him up from the prison in Terre Haute, Indiana today. He is getting released early because of his good behavior in prison. And for my family, terrorism does not equal good behavior. It's pretty simple. Now, we mentioned earlier as well uh, his family, John Walker Lynn's family, it was originally from uh, Marin County. I don't know if they still live there, and I don't know if mom and dad are still together. But if you remember, after John Walker Lind was arrested way back in 2001 and brought back to the United States to face trial, his father came to his defense. John loves America. We love America. John did not do anything against America. John did not take up arms against America. He never meant to harm any American, and he never did harm any American. See, dad was just happy that he wasn't one of the hijackers on 9-11. Yeah. Listen to this. The kid, like you said, grew up in San Anselmo there in Marin County, which is terrifying to me because I grew up maybe, what, 10 miles from there? Same age as this guy. Um, but he he spent a, a semester at Redwood High and then transferred to the alternative public school next door. An elite independent study center for 100 artistically oriented musicians, dancers, and others. What a BS freaking place. <laughs> Give me a break. 
He charted his own scholastic course, checking in with teachers on a weekly basis. That is a classic Marin County. My kid is screwed up, but I'm going to give him an easier path because of it. Right. You know, uh, he developed an interest in Islam as he read Malcolm X. He embraced the religion, changes his name to Suleiman Al-Faris. His father says he started going to a mosque in Mill Valley, then went to the San Francisco Islamic Center, and then began wearing the beard, the Islamic robes, a turban. He graduated early, and then he went to Yemen. By the way, who do you think paid for his trip to Yemen? This was before the Internet. This was before you could get money being recruited by the Taliban online. It's got to be mom and dad. It's got to be mom and dad. The the same parents who uh, made an allowance for him because he didn't want to go to normal school to go to the elite independent study for musicians school. Now, his time in prison was not good. And the Mike Spann's father, Johnny, had come out and said that there were a couple of reports, including a 2017 investigation by Foreign Policy magazine. They looked at documents put together by the National Counterterrorism Center that said that Lind continued to advocate for global jihad as of May of 2016. They also said that there were documents that claimed that Lind would continue to spread violent extremist Islam on his release, that in prison he was translating the texts of violent um, calling for jihad-style sermons that were being preached overseas, and he was translating them into Arabic so that they could be then... Yeah, still or, a very, or translating them in English so that they could be spread around the prison in Terre Haute. Still a very bad person. And I, I meant to get to it there. When you heard the dad make all those excuses in, what, 2002 or whatever, um, it's because he was happy that the kid wasn't one of the hijackers on 9-11 because he said, and, and you can almost hear the excitement in his voice, that's like, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as that because he's the when you dad. Have examples that bad, that re- that recent, yes. Because the dad said um, that he lost touch with him in in uh, 2002 or whatever, but that the son would check in periodically with him. And when he failed to make contact after September 11th, dad says my anxiety went sky high. Because he thought he was involved, directly involved with 9-11. So when he found out the kid was was not a hijacker and was just working with the Taliban, it was like, he didn't do, he didn't hurt an American. He wasn't on those planes. But wasn't there a moment of reflection where you thought enough of your son or so little of your son, depending how you yeah. think of it, that you thought maybe he was one of the hijackers? Well, and that's why his voice in that clip is so uh, celebratory. Yeah. Uh, my son's not that screwed up. A side note about John Walker Lind. While in prison, he apparently applied for and received Irish citizenship because I guess his grandmother is Irish. So they're saying that there's a chance that he moves to Ireland uh, because of his citizenship, although he's not allowed to travel freely and he's not allowed to go on the Internet without permission. He's not allowed to travel internationally, as I understand it. Yeah, so So I don't know how it's going to go. You get nothing. No Guinness for you. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, a couple of things. We're going to get into this Michael Avenatti story, but we're also going to uh, – I haven't heard it yet, but we're going to talk about the uh, the Woody show. Give us yeah, we've got shout a huge shout-out. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. 
Big doings in D.C., of course, a follow-up from yesterday's meeting that didn't really happen between the president and Democratic leaders from Congress. Nancy Pelosi held another news conference today and suggested that somebody in the White House, whether staff members or his family, should uh, perform an intervention with the president. He has been vowing not to work with Congress specifically on the infrastructure bill until Democrats stop investigating him in the aftermath of the uh, the Mueller report. Um, she was talking about stunts, etc. Dow is having a hell of a day. What? Down 394. Uh-oh. I think this is still people uh, new concerns, I guess, a week later after the uh, the original trade. They're they're worried about China. Yes. Um, that the standoff is going to continue because the news this week has been that China's in it for the long haul. They're not giving up here. They're they're willing to just freeze us out. Nasdaq and S and P five hundred were each down more than a half, one and a half percent in uh, early afternoon trading. Uh, this morning, Nick came in and said that uh, we got a shout out today. This is nice. This is very cool. Uh, we got a shout out on uh, the Woody Show. Our friends up at uh, Alt. 98.7 upstairs, and we listen to them uh, a lot. We're fans of the show. And the problem is sometimes if we mention the Woody show or any, people think we're bad-mouthing them. So Which that, we're not. Then they fire off tweets to the Woody show. Dude, you guys, you hear those nerds downstairs talking about you? They totally blew you guys up. Well, and then it adds to your reputation around the building, which I must say is not Ooh, good. I, yeah. It's not good. I forgot about that. Yeah, because then they get wind that we're dissing them, and uh, they well, that, that goes that was right the along origin- with his reputation. Yeah. That, that guy's a big D, right? That was the that was one of the first people that we uncovered out of many more people that we soon learned that think that you're a D in this building. Now, I to your credit, yes. <laughs> well, I, wait a minute, where's this going to go? <laughs> to my credit, to your credit, you're a quieter person, you know. You're not uh upon first blush I can be quiet. You're not a social butterfly running around yapping to people you don't know like some other people. Yes. I and mean, you kind I'm of all... have a face. Like you kind of have this face when you're when you're walking around. You're I thought you hated me time. for 10 years. Shut up. That's not true. True. Chris, did you think I had a, a bad face when you saw me the first? Did you think I was mean? That it was a you know a D. Well, kind of neutral. Mm. Uh, that's probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I'm uh, glad to know that we're fixing your reputation in yes, the building, well, and everyone's realizing the wonderful, fun person that you are. This was from the Woody Show this morning. And let's get right into the phone calls. People calling in the one eight hundred seven eight two seven nine eight seven. We're doing around the blatant radio ripoff. It's uh, directly stolen from a station, KFI, in Los Angeles, the Gary and Shannon Show. And they do something, What You Watching Wednesday? Yes. Oh, it's just called What You Watching. See, that's why it's different. Okay. We'll do it any yeah. day we want. Yeah, any yeah. day. Any day. It's totally different. Yeah. No, but uh, vastly different. Shout out and respect to Gary and Shannon. Hey-o. Oh, KFI. my God. Yeah. We might as well, too. Dude, we just went national because they're awesome. syndicated. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, we were I, on a nationwide audience. I feel like we should tell them uh, anybody from the Woody Show wants to come down to our office and take anything. anything oh, you in can there have whatever yours. you want. If you, if you if you want the ping pong table, you can take it because then we can get that car bed we've always wanted. A race car bed? Yeah. <laughs> 
But take the ping pong table. Uh. Take the unicorns. Take the 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 the, the pin, fling, flamingo pinata. Ta- okay. Hell, take our lemur. Okay, that's yeah. He has a name. Ping pong is his name. Ping pong. Pick, take the table and we could, ping pong. We could do with a cleansing. You know yeah. what? You could take everything in our office. We have a effect. fence post. They could yeah. have that. We have a fence post. Yeah. Remember, yeah, ping remember pong we sometimes oh. we hit each other. is sitting on the fence post. Right. Right. Anyway, thanks to Woody. It's in your corner of the office. Gravy, Greg, <laughs> and if, uh, Menace, everybody there up at the Woody Show for that. That's very nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, <laughs> the story of his arrest is awesome. He's in the Hudson Yards, a mall, um, the big 720,000-square-foot shopping mall. And we're talking Tony. He's like Michelin starred chefs, uh, shiny new apartment buildings, headquarters for Boy Schiller. Uh, the absolute egomaniac that he is, he's scrolling through his Twitter mentions. And oh boy, on either side, you know that guy, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so he's he's scrolling through his Twitter do you mentions. You know that guy? I think I do. Okay. And four FBI agents roll around him. Just to be clear, it's Aaron Bender, right? He, he no. Oh. <laughs> he was watching the retweets and the mentions and likes because he had announced that he was going to go after Nike, right? And they're rolling in on his phone. He heads up the escalator. Four FBI agents come around him. One of them says, Michael Avenatti? And he says, yes. And the guy says, FBI, you're under arrest. They pull him aside. Now, they don't make a huge spectacle of it because the FBI is a bunch of professionals. They pull him off to the side. They take his briefcase, they take his cell phone, they put a trench coat around him so that they can handcuff him discreetly. That and was nice. Very nice, right? Considering the guy deserves this much tiny little respect, but they're still going to do their job professionally. I love the story about the meeting, about when he went to Nike and tried to blackmail Nike. He tried to blackmail the lawyers that represent Nike at Boy Schiller. There's a law firm. There's a handful of law firms you don't screw around with, Mm. and that's one of them. And he thought he was such a big deal. He thought he was so high profile as he was scrolling through those Twitter mentions. He thought he had the captivation, that he had the nation captivated, that anything that he did was going to make a huge splash post Stormy Daniels. And And it kind of was. Everyone was paying attention to Michael Avenatti at this time. Well, when we come back, I want to tell you what he went in there with, what he went into that law firm with to blackmail Nike, yeah. what, what he said to them. I mean, the cojones, the cojones on this guy and well, they're and they're phony cojones. So it's remember, like the emperor has phony cojones. It's like the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> he thinks but, he's a much bigger deal than he is. But he's the guy walking in the mall, scrolling through his Twitter mentions. And every time he sees his name or him talked about, he believes that comes with a positive quality. Yeah. It comes with, he thinks it comes with a power that he doesn't have to give up at any point. I don't know if lawyers on this level care whether it's positive or negative. They just care that you know who they are. Yeah. Because that's how they make money. All right. We'll talk about this, uh, this Michael Avenatti story when we come back. Chris Little has an update on the newsroom. Did you know that the, the Woody news. Show uh, mentioned us today, Chris? From the news. Oh, yeah. I love the Woody Show. Yeah. We all do. I love Woody. I don't know him, but he seems oh, he's a nice. cool dude. Yeah, he seems. Uh, nice. He would uh, he would fit in well with uh, what you guys do here. He doesn't seem like a D. No, he's not. Everybody not even there. at first blush. Even Greg Gorey is cool. They're all cool up there.
ideas? Or no? No. Oh, okay. Not yet. Not yet. We're fleshing it out. Okay. We'll, we'll come up with a cult thing someday, but okay. uh, we're fleshing it out. Uh, the question at the top of the hour is going to be, it's a very sexist question, clearly, but it's not one that you ignore. Uh, would you hire a male nanny? Would you hire a male babysitter? I don't. I don't mind saying there has been one instance in my entire life as a, as an, a parent that I had a male babysitter for my kids. I uh, I wouldn't do it. I don't think, but it's hard to step in those shoes. I mean, if I was a parent, I'd probably give my kids away to a homeless person because I'd be so tired and out of energy. But. I have no way of putting myself in those shoes. Also, in the one o'clock <laughs> Here, hour, take this. Mark Saltzman's going to join us. We're going to talk techno, uh, technology stuff, including some new leaked details about the next iPhone. Seems like it's uh, seems like it comes out every summer. There's a new new details. So Michael Avenatti was so full of himself mm. that he thought he could march into the offices of Nike and talk to their lawyers and blackmail them. He contacted Nike a week before his arrest that we just detailed. One of his clients was a youth basketball coach, and he said that Nike was paying high school basketball players. Now, Avenatti was huge in the media at this time. I mean, he was holding press conferences and the 24-hour networks were taking them live, all riding on the coattails of Stormy Daniels and her affair with the president. This was also during March Madness, so it was topical. He made it clear to the company's attorneys that the information he was willing to go public with, that Nike was paying high school kids, would destroy Nike. He told the lawyers at Boyce Schuller, the company will die. Not die, he clarified, but they're going to incur cut after cut after cut after cut. Like death by a thousand cuts or something. Mm -hmm. Is that what he's going for? Right. And that's going to happen as soon as this thing becomes public, he told them. But he did have options for them. He said if Nike agreed to pay his client $1.5 million, the, the basketball coach, and hire himself, Avenatti, to conduct an internal investigation... Into Nike? Okay. He would keep the whole thing quiet. Or, he said, for $22.5 million, Wow. <laughs> I tell no one, and he says, and I'm quoting here, we ride off into the sunset. What a horse's ass. Otherwise, otherwise, every time we get more information, it's going to be in the Washington Post, the New York Times, ESPN. There will be a news conference, all of that stuff. Those are the things that he was threatening. So he tips off a couple reporters that he has the news because Nike and Boy Schiller says go pound sand. So he tips off a couple reporters he has the news and then he sends a tweet alerting his 837,000 followers telling them that at 11 a.m. the following day he'd be holding a press conference to disclose a major high school college basketball scandal perpetrated by Nike that he had uncovered. The tweet said that this criminal conduct reaches the highest levels of Nike and involves some of the biggest names in college basketball. That, of course, as he's as he tweets he's that. looking at that tweet and looking at all the likes and the retweets, that's when the FBI swoops in and arrests him. Now, add to that the allegations of blackmail against one of the biggest corporate international corporations like this and an amazing legal team that they have picked up.
We've got the stories of the 36-count indictments in California, 19 tax-related charges, 10 counts of wire fraud, four counts of bankruptcy fraud, two bank fraud charges, because there were clients, including a paraplegic guy who had reached a $4 million settlement with the county, that had not received the settlement money. The allegation was that Michael Avenatti had been taking the money. Now, he tells a reporter for Vanity Fair, Avenatti does, the facts in reality are not as clear-cut as the government has made them out to be. Do you know what that says to me? That says to me, I'm guilty as hell, but there's more There's more to it than that. Oh, yeah. Now, remember, his big claim to fame, at least in the last couple of years, has been his relationship with Stormy Daniels. And we now know a little bit more about how they came to be, how the two of them got to know each other. First of all, let me set let me set the table for this. In January of last year, His second wife had filed for divorce, Lisa Story Avenatti. And there was a $19 million Newport Beach mansion that was a part of this filing. Several race cars, monthly family costs, staff of nannies, an assistant, a driver. $200,000 probably per month this guy was forking out, along with shares in a couple of private jets. Well, at about that time... Stormy Daniel starts looking into, can I get out from under the non-disclosure agreement that I had signed with Donald Trump? And she agrees to meet with a lawyer. But not Michael Avenatti. Right. And this was the following month. This is in February 2018. And she says she was supposed to meet this other lawyer, but that guy canceled at the last minute and sent a colleague in instead. She says at that moment she felt, when she met Michael Avenatti, that she was dumped onto some guy who was probably a junior attorney. Now, at this point, remember, he's got all of this financial pressure that had already been mounting, apparently, in the f- divorce filing, that some of the long, uh, the big multi-million dollar judgments that had gone his way had been reduced in on appeal. So some of the money that he was expecting to get starts to dry up. Plus, he likes expensive things. The race cars, the $4,000 monthly payment on his Ferrari, the the homes, the nannies, the assistants, all of this stuff adds up. And he sees in Stormy Daniels an amazing opportunity. Cha-ching. Because a guy like that, a guy like that knows that, like you were saying earlier, publicity of any kind, positive or negative, can turn into money for an attorney like that. Is she... Signed up with him, and she was also stolen from in that book deal. He was taking her money. He was taking that quadriplegics settlement money. And the receipts are pretty embarrassing when you look at what he was using his client's settlement money on. We're talking uh, $217,000 at a Neiman Marcus, uh, six figures to a Porsche dealership, uh, $69,000 at a luxury watch store. Hey, Gary. Yes, ma'am. If you ever uh, hit the big time, like you become Pat Sajak or something, I don't know how much Pat Sajak Sajak. makes, but I always thought you'd be a good game show host. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's very nice. Um, And if, you know, you get syndicated and you end up, you know, having this long career on television, Mm -hmm. you being you, will you please never, no matter how much money you make in this successful career, spend $69,000 on a watch? No. I mean, no. yes. Okay. No, I will never spend $69,000. You have Even my Even when you're Alex Trebek. Oh, 
have my word. By the way, there were this uh, Vanity Fair article all about Michael Avenatti goes into what a just a personal a hole the guy was as well. Bunch of report, no. reporters, Michael Avenatti, and uh, behind the camera workers at all of the cable shows. Remember, he did oh, right. hundreds of appearances on MSNBC and CNN, etc. A bunch of the, the the bookers, the producers, they all said this guy was just a quick trigger and wow. easy to drop an f bomb right to your face, finger pointing everything. F you, don't you know who I am? Kind wow. of thing. That's the kind of guy Yuck. you can imagine that he was. Yuck. All right. All right. Coming up next, um, Manny. Would you do it? Would you hire a man to look after your kids? There was a Manny in Orange County that got into some trouble. We'll tell you about him, but it opened up the larger question. Manny's? Yes or no? Gary and Shanna will continue right after this. He used to meet me on the east side in the city where the sun goes Gary and Shannon. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, 1230's Womp Watch. We get into what uh, Nancy Pelosi said today. Uh, she has continued the uh, the backlash, I guess, or her reaction to the meeting that didn't end up of as a meeting yesterday. That was uh, the president storming out of the Oval Office meeting with Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer. So we'll hear what he, uh, sorry, we'll hear what she had to say. Also, uh, tornadoes last night. Touchdown, big one in Jefferson City, Missouri. They're saying that this one may have been a mile wide and traveled on the ground as long as three miles or so. As many as 22 tornadoes reported overnight in Missouri. Three deaths was what we saw, but the death toll unfortunately could go up because they said they're going door to door in sections of Jefferson City looking for people. So we've got a bad Manny in Orange County. Matthew Zakarzewski. Nailed it. He is, uh, he calls himself a Manny, a babysitter, a buddy, a big brother, a role model, a mentor. And you can throw in molester because that's what he has been found to be doing. He's from Costa Mesa and he's now accused of molesting two young boys in his care. Now, I got to tell you, this is a very professional website here. It's called sitterbuddy.org. And it is full of tons of babysitters for Orange County. And their pictures are all up here on the website. And so is his. It remains on the website. Right there. Clicking. Matthew. He's still available as a sitter, guys. Is he? Can I please tell you that that's a bad idea? I'm not sure he is uh, still available. But I mean, according to this, this well-put-together website, he's available. Oh. Um, this is This started when... A couple from Laguna Beach reported to police that they believed Matthew had touched their eight-year-old son inappropriately. The parents were concerned for the safety of their kid and for other kids. And they had they said that they hired the guy through one of his several babysitting websites that he's got. So he's not just on that one. I guess he's got others. Laguna Beach police eventually discovered there may have been a second victim, a seven-year-old boy from L.A., and they haven't talked about the details of either of the crimes or the victims or anything like that. We don't need to know. Let them handle that. But three felony counts of lewd and lascivious acts with a minor under 14, one felony count of oral copulation of a child younger than 10. This guy's a winner, right? Um, I, to be completely sexist, I... I love it when you're sexist. I, well... We had one time, one once, 
a boy babysitting our kids. How did you feel about that? I had no problem with it. Really? Knew the parents, knew the kid, wasn't wasn't concerned about either either wasn't concerned about it. My kids were also old enough that uh they had had sort of the discuss we'd had the discussion about bathing suit areas and what was appropriate and what wasn't. Yeah. Um and felt pretty confident that if anything had happened, they would have told us, especially by now, considering it was about 11 years ago, but only one time. And I don't know if it was like, uh, I, I know that we had had the discussion, my wife and I had had the discussion about would we be comfortable with a dude babysitting the kids and never would it have been a stranger. Never, that's ever what would I was we just have thought say. something as stupid as going onto a website to do Well, this. that's what I was just going to say. Like, um... I don't think that I'd feel comfortable with a stranger, man or woman, that, you know, you didn't know the family and all of that. But here's the other thing. I, as a kid, I used to babysit the neighbor kids every once in a while. There were afternoons where I would I would hang out with the kids before their dad got home or something like that, and it would be a couple of hours. I never felt... I, I never felt You never felt like weird. a molester? I never felt like a molester, no. <laughs> Plus... I also, as I got older, like as a teenager, I totally understood it if they didn't ask me, but they'd rather ask my sisters. I totally understand it. Hey, that's fine. I'm not going to push the issue. I'm not going to make you kids. feel un- right. I'm not going to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Give me your children. Um, I found another uh, website for Los Angeles, uh, Manny's, Manny's of L.A., and they have different specific areas where you can get a, a Manny from, you know, like, for instance, athletes. We have many Mannies that have a wide range of athletic abilities, the website says. Some of our Mannies have been professional athletes, collegiate athletes, high school athletes. They've taught sports at camps, clubs, on a team. You could get a musician Manny. Uh, we've got Mannies and Nannies that are musicians who can sing, play piano, and rock out on the drums. So in other words, I'm I'm hiring somebody. We've got artists, artist mannies, or teacher tutor mannies. I'm hiring somebody to do the job that I should do, or I'm hiring the I'm hiring somebody to do a job that I know I'm deficient in. Well, yeah, I mean that's why you have a piano teacher or something like that, right? You're not going to teach your kid to play the piano. I just want my babysitter to be able to play games with my kids for a while, or let them shoot Nerf darts at their forehead i think it would be cool if your kid picked up a piano playing while you're not there or art or throwing the football better you got some pretty lofty expectations for what these uh these people are doing that's that's what this website's advertising well then you're whoever's hiring them to do that i think is that's that's poor parents isn't that better though that they're doing a skill or they're tutoring or they're playing sports or getting better or whatever than just sitting there watching uh, Teletubbies? Well, then you don't hire that babysitter. If they're doing if they're doing nothing, what do you, you ex- don't hire the babysitter. I, I have expectations. I want my, my babysitter to be engaged with the kids, whatever they're doing. I don't care if it's something as stupid as uh, arts and crafts or uh, Nerf war. So I don't care. As long as they're engaged with the kids and not allowing the kids to sit in front of the TV or... The kids are upstairs while the babysitter's in front of the TV doing nothing. That That's the only expectation. I still remember the last time I babysat. It was never, never my lane, ever. Hated it. The last time, a little boy, he was about nine, 
grabbed a knife out of the, the dishwasher and chased me around the house with it. And it was a, it was a real knife. And this was one of those kids where you're like, mm, I don't know about this kid. He might cut me. Where is he right now? How old were you? Lompoc? I was 13, 14. Yeah. Did you tell the parents? Mm, I don't know. I think I was pretty scared of that kid. I just didn't go back. Did he give you the one finger over the lips when you left? Shh. And uh, I do know where that kid is. Uh-oh. I don't feel like I want to know. He's not on one of these Manny websites, is he? No. Okay. Coming up next, PG&E is going to switch to underground electric lines. What? How much is this going to cost? But it's a good move. We also got $1,000 we're going to give away, and we'll tell you about a super special magical night opportunity. Oh, yes. Okay, we'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. It just takes and remember, you got to answer the phone. If you don't answer, they'll move on, and you will not get that $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. And every Monday through Friday right here on KFI, 5 a.m. to 620. A little bit later in the show, we're going to revisit the story of John Walker Lind, the American Taliban, released from federal penitentiary this morning in Terre Haute, Indiana. 17 years of a 20-year sentence after fighting on behalf of the Taliban. The Dow is down 395, S&P 500 down 44, NASDAQ down 149. They are getting ready for what looks like a protracted trade war with China. Also, uh, more information coming in about the storms that uh, swept through Missouri late yesterday. They believe as many now as 29 tornadoes touched down in parts of Missouri. The biggest one apparently was in Jefferson City. Uh, as many as three people killed in those tornadoes. How about a bit of good news? Oh, this is a fantastic, fantastic story. A bit of magical news. Oh, you can join us. And I don't just mean us. I mean all of us. You know, all of the KFI cast. The good shows. Whether it's Conway uh, and his whole crew, it's John and Ken and their crew, Handle and his crew, whatever it is. You've spent a night with Ray Lopez and you don't know where you're going to wake up. It can be a magical evening. Talk about disappearing act. <laughs> Even you will how about this you can join the entire cast for a magical evening at a secret undisclosed mansion in the Hollywood Hills that is famous for those magical events now your charitable donation includes all of this ready for it a gourmet dinner check cocktails check check free check. valet parking double check a live Tim Conway Jr. broadcast oh my god and tons of magic from some of the most well-known magicians in the country. This is a huge, huge deal. We're going we're gonna to have the whole castle to ourselves. What you mean, sorry, ma- mansion? The mansion. mansion. We'll have the whole mansion to ourselves. Single tickets available for three hundred fifty bucks. Couples six forty and group disca- ticket discounts are available. Now this is an extremely limited event, and it's a charity event. Which means you got to get on it fast so that you feel better about yourself, okay? It it's- benefits the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California. For all the details, log on to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword Red Cross. PG&E says it will build underground electric distribution power lines in Paradise, Megalia, and other areas up there in Butte County. 
to prevent future wildfires like the one that wiped out all of paradise. I would so love- sad driving past that sign, you know, Skyway. Oh, that's and- right. I forgot that you drove up there. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to people in town and um, they had the same take on it that your sister does where they don't want to go to paradise and see the devastation. Yeah. You know, it's just, it just hurts too much. I mean, it's it's open. You, you can drive through there. But a lot of people who live in Chico and the surrounding areas, that's it's a... It's devastating. You think about they lost 90% of the homes in paradise. I want to fast forward to, I don't know, five years from now, 10 years from now to figure out what it looks like going forward. Because if you had close to 30,000 people, was it, that that, that lived yes. there, 27, 25,000, something like that, you, I don't think you get back to that in the next 50 years just based on the the pain associated with living there and the danger that will come back. I know that... The hillsides have been wiped away. the The trees have died. The gra- like the a lot of the fuels that were there are gone, but they will grow back. And unfortunately, there still will be a threat in paradise. The announcement was made yesterday at a Paradise Council meeting. There was a PG&E vice president, guy by the name of Aaron Johnson, who was there, and he said we decided to rebuild in this way. After a careful review of factors, town planning, safety considerations, this is just one of the many ways we're trying to help communities in their recovery. Yeah, so all of the lines that they put in or replace will be underground with the exception of some temporary lines. They're saying they will have some overhead lines temporary where they need to meet individual or neighborhood service as people come back in and people rebuild. But this is one of those logical things. It's clearly logical for us to be. We have the technology to do it. The problem is for 100 years, we've had power lines above ground and. I think in your neighborhood you have them above ground, don't yes. you? Uh, in my neighborhood, they're below ground, which makes a huge difference. But you never think about it until something like this happens. Right. And it's it's one of those things that if, if we had the technology 100 years ago and the ability to do it, it would have made perfect sense. We wouldn't necessarily – we wouldn't have the same dangers associated with high transmission lines that we do today. But this campfire, of course, started in November of last year, and they believe now it was a – metal hook that fell from a faulty transmission tower that started the fire on the ground below. Here's the weird part, of, or here's a part about this that's not really addressed. The high trans, a high power transmission line where they believe this started would probably not be allowed anywhere near the city of Paradise or the town of Paradise. The lines they're talking about putting underground are just the smaller residential lines that would feed individual neighborhoods and feed these neighborhoods. So this isn't necessarily th- – this action would not prevent another massive fire like this because this did not start in one of those smaller residential lines. This started farther out in the country where it was a high-power transmission line. So, Have you heard about the UC Davis marching band? <laughs> Oh, boy. We're talking sex, drinking, carousing. We're going to get into the allegations coming up later this hour. But coming up next, haven't you been wondering what California's first partner is up to? And we've got an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom that uh, I think we should just read the entirety of it. That's fine. Yeah. Do that. that. Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. Shannon, Thursday, hey, you, it's May 23rd. Did you hear about, uh, what's his name, Glaber Torres? 
uh, Yankees infielder. Oh, yeah. He's hit 10 home runs in 11 games when they're playing the Orioles. Yeah, at Camden Yards. Yeah, at two multi game or four. two multi home run games. This four, series. Four. Yeah. He said two this series. Two home runs. This yeah. Year. <laughs> That's owning a team. They sat him today. What? He's played eight games straight. So? They sat him. What's Joe Girardi thinking? It's not Joe Girardi. It's, uh, what's his name? Aaron something. Oh, yeah, Aaron Boone. The Orioles are on all sorts of pace to throw, like, to give up the most home runs. They have. Like, in history. Yeah, yeah. For the whole season. Yeah, they gave up up their hundredth, I think, the other night. They've also tied the, um, they've they've had seven games so far this season of giving up five or more home runs, which already ties the record. (laughs) Oh, man. It's awful. Tough times. (sighs) All right. Hey, tomorrow uh, is going to be our next News and Brews. We're going to be at Bravery Brewing, 8th Street West in Lancaster. I would suggest, I'm going with this this time, Balut. Tell your boss you're going to a buffet where they're serving nothing but balut. And the boss will go, what's balut? And you go, I don't know. And then tomorrow you send them a picture of balut and say, can't come to work. And your boss will say, you're right. You probably don't want to come to work. You're right. Please don't come to work. uh, We're going to be at Bravery Brewing to kick off Memorial Weekend. Uh, A bunch of very special things are going to be out there. Bombshell Bettys will be out there promoting calendars to support veterans. The Chop Shop Barbershop providing haircuts for veterans all day. A local auto shop uh, and the automobile club in Lancaster giving away a car to a veteran in need. So we'll be talking about all of that stuff tomorrow, especially the release of KFIPA, a red IPA that was brewed uh, on our behalf. It's been tasted by a couple of very secret and special tasters, namely Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place. And he says it is good to go, being chilled, ready to be poured tomorrow. One of the friends of our show sent us this open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. It's an anonymous letter because this person does work in California. Um, But holy hell does he nail it. Governor Newsom, the boxes are filled, the bags are packed, the hearts are breaking. My family is about to be divided, separated, perhaps forever. I wish you cared. Our wonderful daughter, along with her husband and their two young children, has given up on life in California. The only place they've ever called home has become intolerable for them. They found a new home in a southern state far away from here, in the real America. I've heard that story innumerable times. People leaving or wanting to leave what was once the paradise of the West Coast. Not so long ago, kids could walk down to the corner store or to school without their parents worrying about their safe return. No more. You once could visit a neighborhood park and not fear for your life. No more. Walking across the street did not require careful examination of the pavement to avoid feces or hypodermic needles. Now it does. Illnesses are again being seen in this state that had been rare or non-existent until recently. Typhus, tuberculosis, mumps, measles, hepatitis A, B, and C are all here again. A worker on the upper floors at L.A. City Hall recently came down with typhus, spread by rats living in the disgusting conditions around the Civic Center. But you're concerned that I might ask for a plastic straw. Your priorities for managing this state are crystal clear, and the middle class is nowhere near the top of that list. I learned in civics class years ago that the primary job of government is to keep people safe. What happened? When did our safety and well-being fall off the radar? Not too long ago, my daughter had her new vehicle stolen from her driveway in the short time it took her to walk the kids to school. Someone was watching 
waiting for them to leave gives me chills just thinking about it. You release violent criminals back onto our streets to terrorize our communities. You proudly remove the death penalty as an option, sending a friendly message to the worst of the worst. And you handcuff our law enforcement officers, challenging their every move. Officers now must make take an extra moment, perhaps just a second, questioning their training and best judgment before using any amount of force to apprehend a violent criminal. When this results in another dead cop, and it will, the blood will be on your hands, sir. A few weeks ago, we watched on television a violent felon led police on a three-hour pursuit, destroying property and narrowly missing pedestrians and other vehicles. We saw him brutally beat his female passenger while driving close to 100 miles per hour. Then last week, a murder suspect shot at police out the window of the car he was being pursued in. It's a miracle nobody was killed. Turns out, both suspects were free on early release through AB 109 that you and other politicians, who all live behind walls with armed security forced upon us in the name of compassion. Where's your compassion for law-abiding citizens, Mr. Governor? And don't get me started on taxes and regulations. The amount of money taken by this state is criminal. Just living here is expensive enough, but imagine trying to run a business and stay afloat. We have the highest gas prices slash taxes in the country, and our roads are still a mess. I recently hit a pothole, and the damage to my car was more than $1,000. We pay you enormous sums to manage the state's affairs, yet... People by the thousands sleep on our streets at night. Homeless encampments are everywhere in neighborhoods we'd never imagined they'd be. And still, you want more. Now there's a move to weaken Prop 13. No doubt it'll pass. And I just read that you want to tax online sales now, too, along with your proposals to tax water, telephones, dairy products, fertilizers, health care, and more. But taxing those things will not affect the super rich 1%. They're just more hits on the middle class. You Sacramento politicians have an insatiable addiction to other people's money, but many citizens have had enough and are walking away. Which brings me back to my family. They're closing their business here. You'll get no more of their hard-earned money. They've purchased a home in their new state, big enough for the four of them and a dog or two, maybe even a horse. The kids will get a great education. They'll be able to leave a window open at night knowing that the criminals are the ones who are afraid afraid of the police, afraid of the courts, and afraid of the citizens who exercise their right to defend themselves. Oh, and gas there is about $2 a gallon. Somehow they'll have to survive without a fantasy train to nowhere, but I'm sure they'll find a way to get by. Meanwhile, your tax base shrinks and Atlas shrugs. Soon the only people left here will be the very rich and the very poor. It's almost as if you planned it that way. And now my family is broken, as are countless others, no more school plays, no more Little League games, no more weekend breakfasts at IHOP or Thanksgiving dinners. I'll happily burn a ton of fossil fuel to go visit them at their new home as often as I can. But I won't be there as an instant babysitter when needed on short notice. And I'll actually notice their growth from visit to visit. I'll pray every night for their safety and happiness in the years to come. And I'll cry that I can't hold them tight. I'm as angry as hell, and I miss them desperately already. But they'll get no going-away card from you and no apologies. You simply don't care. I mean, that is a gut punch. Damn. And by the way, this is getting enough. It's been shared by enough people online. We read it. Uh, John and Ken have talked about this. There's, There's plenty enough coverage for someone to ask the governor about this. I saw a post on Facebook from a former news director up in Seattle. Her car got broken into last night when she was at a play downtown. And she just left a bag in the car, you know, and uh, makeup and stuff like that. 
And one of the reporters that I worked with, who's now in San Francisco, said, I'm sorry to see that. Rarely a day goes by here in San Francisco that I don't see a pile of safety glass. And this is what happens when you legislate on feelings, when you feel bad that people are locked up, when your solution to overcrowded prisons is just simply to let people out instead of figuring out more occupancy options. Does it look bad that we have more prisons in California or maybe? But do we should we be caring what other people think? Shouldn't we be caring about the safety of our communities? The people who do good. That's good who Lord. we should care about. Yes. Um, the the Jennifer story when we come back as well the the first partner is getting into uh, is getting into publicity no we're not doing that you sure I've decided not to do it screw her we're gonna do uh, binge drinking parties and sex at the UC Davis marching band but she directed and wrote this movie I don't care it's her first uh, the fir- I'm done with those people yeah. oh, I've been shaking I love it when you go crazy you take all my inhibitions baby there's nothing holding me Places that tear up my reputation, manipulate my decisions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. That's us. Hey, last night, ABC Television did something pretty interesting. They did, uh, they staged a couple of classic TV shows, an episode of All in the Family and an episode of The Jeffersons. They did it in front of a live studio audience, including the theme songs to both of them, classic theme songs that they performed live. God, Edith Bunker's voice is one of those things that I'll just never get over. Uh, And Marissa Tomei played Edith in last night's version of it. Um, Well, I'll, I'll tell you, my review of the whole thing was that I felt like they needed they were doing a little too much of the impersonation uh-huh. and not enough of just be be the own be your own character kind of thing. bad day on wall street the dow down 430 points right now 434 actually this is all about investors preparing for what looks like it's going to be a long trade war with china and and what that means an intervention by the way intervention is the key word because nancy pelosi suggested today that President Trump's family should stage an intervention for the good of the country. Talking about his fitness for president. We'll talk about that at Swamp Watch at 1230. Furthermore, you're not going to change anyone at 72. No. She should should know that. I mean, you've complained about her dentures for years now. No, it's been the past six months or so. There needs to be a tweak. I don't know how dentures work, but those ones aren't working. Uh, The UC Davis marching band. It's known as Banda. The Sacramento Bee has dug into Banda because there have been some rumors about some shady behavior. And the Sacramento Bee has found sexually charged alcohol-soaked culture has been part of the marching band. Yes, you have a question? I have a question. Yeah. Um, If you're in the Sacramento Bee newsroom and reporters Ryan Sabalow and Molly Sullivan come to you and say, I've got a great idea. How about an in-depth look at the UC Davis Aggies marching band and whether or not there is alcohol and sex at their parties? I would say yes in 2019 because this is all the rage following the Me Too movement. Uh, It's the race to be offended. I want to be offended, too. I want to say I was offended by something so that I can relate to you. Yeah. Now, that being said, when it crosses the line to sexual assault, people should be prosecuted for that. This is not not to make light of some right. of the instances that are described in the Sacramento Bee investigation are clearly sexual assaults and, and clearly need to be handled, whether by the school, by the band itself, by law enforcement, whoever. 
but this this you know they this pulling the cover back on what is a college party scene it leaves me a little it goes a little less than enthused well it goes a little further uh they say it's uh, hazing binge drinking people taking off their clothes it gets worse um they said three people told the b they had sexual experiences so traumatizing they sought professional therapy right one woman said she had to be hospitalized for a psychotic breakdown uh, that that's college that happens well, so, but then the psychotic breakdown, yes, but not the sexual assault that leads to the psychotic breakdown. Right. Some students in the band pass around the hymnal. 68 pages of songs about sex, bestiality, incest, rape, masturbation, oral copulation, and it's decorated with hand-drawn illustrations. They describe alcohol-fueled maverick parties and a hyper-sexualized culture in which people are encouraged to make out with as many as possible. They described a tradition called shirts off a clock. Excuse me. Are you just laughing? No. Party goers. That's hashtag me too inappropriate for you to laugh at that. I thought it. Okay. Uh, party goers take off their shirts at a set time. Again, I sense a tiny bit of laughter in there, and that's hashtag me too inappropriate. They said at least one section in the band hosts naked hot tub sessions at an annual band retreat called Cabin. Let me point something out specifically about that part. Which some people describe. You're opting in to go to Cabin Weekend. There's that. Come on. There is. There's definitely that. You know cabin. what goes on at Cabin Weekend. Some people said that this was just basically a three day binge drinking, marijuana smoking, naked hot tubs fest. That sounds like uh, Josh Rosen's room at UCLA. But there are also also plenty of people who are part of the band who are capable of going to Cabin. Playing board games and doing their doing their homework, like just getting away, hanging out with some friends, and not turning it into uh, club med or I don't know what I don't know what that. Here's the hazing. One man said he was forced to wear a hood and was slapped before being pressured to drink large amounts of alcohol. One woman said she was given a dirty T-shirt. <laughs> okay, for winning the wise ass freshman award. Then vomited and passed out after she was pressured to drink copiously from a bottle of bourbon. Here's a couple of things that I've learned from reading this. And, uh, okay. UC Davis happens to be on a list of schools that my daughter could uh, potentially attend, depending on where she applies and gets accepted to. I would say to her, hey, watch out for the band. Duh. And, and even say, if you feel pressure to drink, you don't need to. There's, there's no one. Whether it's a band, a sorority, a club, the uh, the biology club, whatever. There's no one who forces you to do something that you don't want to do. There are a whole lot of different ways to get out of situations that you may find yourself in. And my job as a parent is to try to equip her with all of the sure. options that she has. Sure. Oh, look at this naked Jenga. Each piece of the game had instructions to remove clothing when you pull it from the Tower of Blocks. I feel like we played that, but it wasn't naked Jenga. But you would write stuff on the blocks. I think it was a drinking game. No! I think you would pull a block and it'd say, like, drink three or something like that. No! That sounds so unlike you. Oh, I'm sorry, R.A. I shouldn't have told you that story. (laughs) Well, you didn't do it in the dorms, did you? Of course. (gasps) Oh! That was breaking the rules. Of course. 
That's what we do. I don't know. On how this to look side at you of the now. table. Oh, okay. That side of the table. <laughs> that right. side's all about the rules. This side, where we're going, there are no rules. <laughs> all right, we'll talk trending button. when Hit we come button. back. Hit the button. Wait, it's not Brett down the hall, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, much younger. Well, much younger. He's younger than that. Um, yeah, but that guy, I was telling the story about when I was an RA, uh, so one guy that had kicked out of the dorm. I mean, I didn't do it. This guy had a series of problems and uh, came from an incredibly privileged uh, background that he thought he could get away with stuff. Anyway. I just remember my RA Janelle and just looking oh, at her every, Janelle? every time. She, what? No. I didn't. Oh, every time she would catch me doing something, I'd just say, <laughs> oh, "I'm sorry." Like I apologize for blanket apology for this whole year. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, Swamp Watch. We'll talk about what goes on in D.C. Nancy Pelosi once again today took to the microphones. Just a normally scheduled press conference, but had some very interesting things to say, specifically about whether or not. Democrats will move to impeach the president and why it is she continues to pray for the president in what I thought was a really condescending way of saying it. But anyway, we'll talk about that at Swamp Watch. It's time for what's happening. Time for what's happening. I forgot to mention this, so I told you the cable guy came by and listens to the show. Yeah. One of the the moments he uh, he came into the house and he's fixing the, the cable. Oh yeah, box. will you tell and the he, story really quick? Well, he just said he just said uh, at one point, uh, "Hey, is that radio? I have a little antique radio that sits on the." And he says, "Is that radio work?" I said, "No, nah, it's that one doesn't." But I have others that do. And he goes, "So this is where you live?" Wait, what? Uh, I listen every day, and he kind of creeped me out a little bit. He was a really nice guy, but he comes walking back in at one point and he goes, "Hey, how about this?" What's happening? Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and it was out of context. I had no idea oh, what you were saying that. at first. And anyway, all right. I love that. What's the that Dow. guy's name? Dow down four thirty two. This is all about what could be a very long trade war with China. That's what's been in the news this week. So we knew that this was going to surface on Wall Street. I was surprised that we didn't see a longer downturn in the you know the Last two weeks, we've talked about the Dow being down 600 one day, up 300, down 400 the next. I thought there would be a longer string of negative days on the Dow, but it seems like once we hit a certain percentage on a down day, 2%, 3%, whatever, it turns around right away. People try to uh, to grab up some of these lower-cost stocks that have lost some lost some ground, but... I'm I'm amazed that we go these days, you know, we've gone five or six days without a significant movement one way or the other. And here we see it down 400 points, 433 points right now. They're calling it a violent tornado that has hit. Three people were killed in Missouri overnight. They're still surveying the damage and searching homes. The three victims lived on the outskirts of Golden City, which is, if you're uh, aware of Missouri geography, about 170 miles southwest of Jefferson City. Yeah, but even in Jefferson City, they say they're going door to door because they're they're trying to make sure just the 
images, some of the drone images that I've seen are pretty spectacular. And when you think about the debris that flies around in a tornado like this, there was somebody that took video uh, alongside the front of a house, the, the front facade of the house, and it looks like someone had picked up gravel almost or little tiny pebbles and thrown them at the house and they stuck. Just the amount of debris that gets stuck into the wood on the front of the houses is pretty amazing. At least seven people were killed in three states over the past two days. Four people died Tuesday, including one woman after a tornado hit her home in Iowa, two others in a car accident in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, one woman drove around a barricade, never do that, and drowned in Oklahoma. The uh, the fallout continues from that crazy RV chase from the other night. One of the uh, KBC sat down, Channel 7 sat down with one of the guys who was hit by that uh, RV. He said he saw this driver speeding toward him and he pulled over to get out of her path and then watched helplessly as she veered and continued to drive straight towards him. And he said time slowed down. He could only brace for the hit. She smashed into six cars, tore off the side of the RV in her efforts to get away from the CHP. This is one where the dogs ended up jumping out of the uh, what was left of the windshield. He said, uh, hey, uh, he immediately called his wife. And he says, I'm fine. I just wanted to let you know I almost got killed by this crazy RV that looks like an airplane flew into it. I don't know what the deal is, but something's not right, he said in the understatement of the year. Hey, I've got a new job for you if this radio thing doesn't work out. Okay. Disneyland is looking for stormtroopers. It's like your way of making good for being an RA for so long. Turn the corner. Go to the dark. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like it was a bad thing. Yes. Oh. They have auditions. So you were the one behind the door calling me an effing narc. Tomorrow morning. That was you. Our auditions. No, well, my voice gets lower when Uh I get into the natty ice. Um, auditions will be held tomorrow for performers interested in playing the role of stormtroopers in the new Star Wars land. That's fun. That's pretty cool. You have to demonstrate high energy levels. They are very specific. Blake, this could be for you. How tall are you, Blake? 5'11". Really? You're right wow. in the middle there. 5'10 to 6 feet tall. Slender to athletic build. Uh, you might be a little thigh Can you do improv? I think I'm all right. Um, improv? Mm-hmm. Like, of well, I have a helmet on, so it doesn't have to be of comedic sense. It's just physical improv, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Will you show us some of your physical improv right now, and we'll be the judge of that? On the radio. Oh. Wow. You look like a jester. Stormtroopers don't do that, do they? Yeah. I don't know what they... They just do this. And you do the floss? And you floss? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you That's go. That's sad... That's pretty there close. There you go. I mean, Pick hey, in a Stormtrooper uniform, that would be... Uh, look great. That would totally pass. Yeah, they all saw it. Uh, the new Terminator trailer dropped. Did you see that um, at all? New Terminator, huh? How much? This is like uh, the Saw or whatever. <laughs> Just Saw. Oh. The Saw. <laughs> what do you mean, my mom? Yes. <laughs> do you guys have a Coor? A Coor Light, maybe? <laughs> or a Budweiser's? <laughs> I can't wait to go see the San Francisco Giant play. Uh, yes. Saw this Terminator Dark Fate is the latest one to be uh, to be produced. It's got a couple of newcomers, Mackenzie Davis and Natalia Reyes. They're being pursued by a new Terminator played by Gabriel Luna, and they go to Sarah Connor. Linda Hamilton has come back for the first. Uh, she returns as Sarah Connor, but at one point, I don't know what's going on. At one point, they knock on the door out in the cabin, and guess who answers the door? Hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Oh. Yeah, so I don't know exactly how they're going to So I never watched a Terminator movie. Not one? Not one. Watch if I say... So I'm probably not going to watch any of them. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Yeah. I just want... I didn't want you to go through all the mental hoops to figure out which one I which should one start should with watch. or watch. Just yeah. watch the first two. Yeah, yeah. and then stop there. Yeah. Think, right? Yeah. That's probably the Jim Cameron ones, yeah. And he's back. This is, uh, this is one of his things. Yeah. yeah. All right, coming up next, we've got Gary's review of a live studio audience performance of All in the Family and the Jeffersons. I meant to watch this and I completely forgot. I recorded it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Great. I'll be over this afternoon. What time? (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue. Plus your chance at $1,000 will tell you how you can pick it up. (laughs) Your Uh, face just now (laughs) was just priceless. Well, I don't really have anything to eat. Like, I don't. Oh, because I come over and eat all your food? Okay, I do. I do. Do you still have those bugles? No. No. You're the only person that anyone in my house has ever purchased bugles for. And that was in January. February. February. Chris Little has the news. Thank you. State lawmakers he are trying... to this show. He's just he's sitting over... Oh, I'm sorry. My mic is still on. No, he I don't hate it. it. I, it's just... I, I hate bugles. What do you put in them? You put them in your mouth. Yeah, but you can stick stuff in them because they're shaped like... Bugles. What do you put well, in? Well, there's just a very small opening. It's just for crunch factor. It's not to stuff. Okay. <laughs> and remember, you've got to answer the phone. If you don't pick up, they will move on, and your chance at $1,000 goes away. Your next chance to win next hour and every Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 620, right here on KFI. Do you know the kind of music you listen to can show other people how smart you are? I did not know that. Yes, there's a one specific kind of music that smart people listen to. Classical? I'm going to tell you. Yes, it's classical. I mean, it's also just instrumental in general. But We'll get into all of our strange science news coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Last night, ABC, by way of uh, Jimmy Kimmel's production company and uh, the permission of Lauren, uh, Norman Lear, put on in front of a live studio audience a couple of episodes of absolutely classic television shows. One was All in the Family and one was the Jeffersons. Included everything uh, up to the live versions of the theme songs. Jennifer Hudson did the Jeffersons. Oh, that's so cool. And it was live. I mean, she wasn't lip syncing. She nailed this uh, this theme song. The whole thing was very, very well done. It was about a 90-minute special that opened with Norman Lear himself sitting in Archie Bunker's chair and talking about the the language and the themes from almost 50 years ago that even today are 100% accurate. And they picked a couple of episodes of uh, All in the Family 
And then an episode of the Jeffersons. Just so they didn't sort of, change anything. They, didn't they just change did anything. it verbatim. The exact okay. script. So the the reference to the president, um, there was uh, Archie Bunker comes down for the morning for breakfast and everything, and and his uh, daughter and son-in-law are sitting there at the table. Meathead. Meathead. Who Ian, played Meathead? Uh, Ian, uh, Ian Bear. That's okay. Anyway. Uh, so it turns out that he... Uh, He's sitting there listening to the radio, and they were talking about something, President Nixon this, President Nixon that. And he says, you know, turn off the radio. I don't want to hear all that stuff. And then uh, Meathead comes on and starts, he's, you know, explaining something about, well, it's better than, you know, King Richard. I'm surprised you didn't want to hear about your King Richard. And Archie Bunker says, oh, oh, I get it. Okay, you're going to say that Nixon is a king now, or he's acting like a king. Something like this, and you know how the president is in it to make money, and he's a cheat, and just the family arguments about who the president was still rang true today. Oh, absolutely, especially later. Nixon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that it just it came off very. It was done very very well. The problem, the one problem I would say I that made me uncomfortable was Woody Harrelson played Archie Bunker and did a did a good job. I mean, he's this curmudgeon-y guy. It's that he was trying to do an impression of Carol O'Connor. Like And it became way over the top at points where you were so concentrating on the crazy accent that he was trying to put on. It was hard to catch oh, some I of see. the lines. You wanted him just be him or whatever version? Just, just of- lay back just a little. Oh, dial it down a tiny bit and it would have been much more understandable. Hey, Nick, can you get Woody Harrelson on the line? Gary has uh, uh, acting tips. Just a couple. Just a couple. If if he answers. I mean, I don't know if he'll take my calls anymore. Um <laughs> And then uh, Ellie Kemper played Gloria, of course, uh, that played Sally Struthers' old role. And you remember Ellie Kemper from Kimmy Schmidt, sure. also from The Office, et cetera. She did, she did a lot of fun things, I guess, with this, but talked about how she grew up watching Sally Struthers play this iconic role. Yeah. So she and um, uh, uh, Marissa Tomei, they kind of had the they, – they had these characters that were – not only were they playing – not only was was Marissa Tomei playing Archie Bunker's wife, he's pl- she's playing Gene Stapleton oh, yeah. playing Edith. Yeah. So it became sort of a multi layered thing. Now Jamie Fox comes in. They picked the episode of All in the Family where you meet George Jefferson. Really, I think it's for the first time. Even though they'd been sort of characters uh, in the periphery in the neighborhood, you meet George Jefferson for the first time. And Jamie Fox plays Sherman Hemsley playing George Jefferson and makes. I mean, his mannerisms, because Sherman Hemsley was kind of cock of the walk, kind of, you know, everything was flamboyant with him. And Jamie Foxx nailed it to the point where it was a little distracting. It was more of a Saturday Night Live sketch than it was anything else. Did he do this walk? Everything. Okay. He did the walk. He flipped his uh, his coattails back and everything. And then at one point, the only time I saw anybody break was when Jamie Foxx broke in that first episode. I'm going to say what I got to say to my brother, and I'm going to get out. I'll gladly hold the door for you. Him. Mm. Ever since I was a little boy, I would always beg my mother for a little brother. But you know we were broke, so all could we for all could we all is live. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sitting at home just think their TV just messed up. <laughs> and they kind of they pan around the room, and everybody's kind of stifling their laughter on the set. That's funny. All we could afford was you. He's kidding. 
And then he waits for the he That's waits great. for the applause line. It was uh, well they say that this is going to shake up several Emmy acting races. No, that this live performance. No, it was like I said. It was a little bit Saturday Night Livey paying tribute. It was a great tribute. And the message was more in the writing from 50 years ago and how pertinent it is right, today. Right. But I don't think it's Than the acting. No, it's not going to. Uh, I mean, Wanda Sykes, I thought, did a great job as Louise Jefferson. Uh, but the key was probably when Marla Gibbs comes back. 87-year-old Marla Gibbs played Florence, in the, the, the maid in right. the original Jeffersons. She comes back and knocks on the door late in the episode. It, like, just Best a roar, maid ever. A roar of yeah. applause went out, which it should. So. It was very, very cool to see that last night. Well done. All right, we come back. Swamp Watch. Nancy Pelosi telling Trump's family they should have an intervention. We'll go live to Capitol Hill. Figure it all out. Gary and Shannon. Not a yes, sir. Not a follow-up. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Gary and Shannon. We are expected... To have an announcement from the president at any moment from the White House about the China trade war. Of course, Wall Street responding today. Rough day right now. Currently, we are down 308 points. The Dow is Nasdaq down 120, S&P 500 down 35. So we will bring you the president's comments when uh, when he makes them. I believe it has to do with an announcement for subsidies for farmers that may be affected by the uh, by the trade war next hour. Mark Saltzman's going to join us uh, for our Tech Thursday segment. We're going to be talking about a couple of things, including dash cams for your car becoming more affordable and uh, some new details leaked, perhaps, about the iPhone 11, if that's what they want to call it. But at 1230, we talk about uh, what's going on in D.C. with the Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Oh, the war between Nancy Pelosi and the president continues. Her today questioning his fitness for office. I pray for the president of the United States. I wish that his family or his administration or his staff would have an intervention. Mm. Trevor Alt is joining us from Capitol Hill with the latest on what's going on. This day two now of the uh, aftermath of the meeting that never really happened. What's going on? That's right. Yeah, this has been basically nonstop beginning Yesterday morning, and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi walks out of a meeting with the Democrats and says that they believe the president is engaged in a cover-up, and that has certainly gotten the ball rolling of a back-and-forth with President Trump saying he doesn't do cover-ups and doubling down that this has all been a witch hunt and leaving that infrastructure meeting yesterday saying that he would not work with the Democrats until they end their investigations into his administration. But we have seen some slight progress in that regard. In the past 24 hours, there's been a lot of back and forth between the Democrats and the Republicans and President Trump of who's responsible for nothing getting done. But as of this afternoon, it appears that there is at least one bipartisan deal that has been agreed upon, and that is a disaster relief bill. They have uh, appears to be consensus among Republicans, Democrats, and the president will reportedly sign it, and that'll give $19 billion to states and communities and territories that have been suffering from recent disasters. So we're talking about earthquakes, flooding, wildfires. That's going to be distributed well, now kind of what a cover your own ass moment uh, in, in my opinion because if they didn't get that done then it, they're clearly playing politics on the backs of people who are going through some of the worst times of their lives 
Absolutely, and you and it, you could use that as a mark of perhaps how far the political discourse has gotten because it wasn't that long ago when this was considered a no-brainer to get disaster relief bills done, and now here we are. And honestly, it can be you can look at this from a couple different ways because the negotiations on this disaster relief bill it's actually been a back and forth for a couple months now, and the two big caveats were Democrats wanted funding for Puerto Rico. And the president wanted funding for the border. And the bill that they've agreed upon has funding for Puerto Rico, and it does not have funding for the border. So you can look at it the way the Democrats are, which is that they got what they wanted and they won this negotiation. You can look at it the way the Republicans are, which is that President Trump, even as Speaker Pelosi saying these things about him, is still willing to get things done for the American people. Or you could look at it kind of the way that you're looking at it, which is that I can't believe that we even have to fight over this at all. <laughs> The uh, the other thing that the speaker said today, which was kind of interesting, was she believes that the president is trying to goad Congress into impeachment. Yes. So that he would look better, I assume? Yeah, so it's impeachment is a very divisive issue, and it's one of those things that you cannot unring that bell once you cross into the impeachment threshold. And while it certainly sounds bad on its face of, oh, the the Congress voted to try to impeach this president. The most recent example we have is with President Bill Clinton. And when Republicans voted to impeach him back in 1998, his approval rating soared. It went higher than it had ever been up into the 70s. And so right now, public support is decidedly mixed for impeaching the president. And so I think that Speaker Pelosi is feeling that if they go through with that, if it doesn't everything fall their way and end with finding concrete evidence of the president committing a crime or whatever it is that they're investigating for, they could end up strengthening the president's base and losing the middle of the country as well. And that's why she seems to be dragging her feet on crossing into that threshold. It's an interesting gamble. One of the things that disaster aid bill left out was border wall money that the president wanted involved uh, with that. I mean, that sounds crazy. Why would you put border wall money with disaster aid relief? But, you know, they throw things into these bills all the time. But that, that was left out. Yes, that's right. He wanted uh, $4.5 billion to go for the border wall, which was always a big sticking point. And, yeah, so that's something that they will have to try to find at a later date if they're going to try to find that money for the president's border wall. But, again, now that we – disaster relief, you would think, is a free throw in terms of negotiations. Now we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and see if there will be negotiations at all, because we are only a day removed from the president saying he wouldn't talk with Democrats till they end their investigation. And I love sports analogies. I do, too. Trevor, you know, you there's only that, one the way, way to make it better, and it would be a Steph Curry free throw, because he doesn't miss. Oh. Still, he's only, what, 85% or 80% or something. It's not perfect. He's like 92 from the free throw line. Oh, nice. Gosh. Trevor, you're good. Good pull. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you. Nice study. Appreciate <laughs> it. Anytime. Bye. <laughs> Trevor Alt there at the latest from uh, from Capitol Hill. Uh, who in the hell is Marianne Williamson and why is she qualifying? She's the, she's the lifestyle guru. Okay. Well, she's going to be on the debate stage in uh, late June when they no. start these debates. They're letting anybody in. You, have you applied? I think we should be on the debate stage. <laughs> well, we've got every right, just like, uh, what's her name? Marianne Williamson? Yep. Yep. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch in just a moment. Gary and Shannon. Uh, I want 
you a couple of things. First, I wanted to play for you just the, the piece from Nancy Pelosi where she talked about uh, the fact that she thinks the president was mad that the House Democrats have not yet impeached him. This was uh, from her news conference this morning. But I think what really got to him was that these... By the way, I'm sorry about the dentures. I don't know what to do about them. I don't know who to send an email to or tweet. Uh, I think I just... we call uh, Dr. Cunning. Is there somebody who just uh, can just... Like you said, is it an adjustment? I feel like it's an adjustment. Just a little... I don't know. Is it one of those retainers that you had to crank like an expander and it's just... It's not working right? I don't know, man. But I think what really got to him was these court cases and the fact that the House Democratic Caucus is not on a path to impeachment. And that's where he wants us to be. And when he saw that that was not happening, that, again, with the cover-up, which he understands is true, just struck a court. And she used the cover-up again. So, all right. um, The president has been talking about the trade war with China, specifically about farmers and how he's going to uh, to, uh, subsidize or announce $16 billion in aid to farmers because of this trade war. Because remember, he's been talking with uh, President Xi of China. He's for China. He is for China. And the difference between tariffs that we have imposed on Chinese uh, goods that come here, the tariffs that they have imposed on American goods that go to China, and how that has impacted farmers. This, this was this was the announcement that he came up with just a couple minutes ago. So today I'm announcing that I have directed Secretary Purdue to provide $16 billion in assistance to America's farmers and ranchers. It all comes from China. China. We'll be taking in over a period of time, hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs and charges to China. And our farmers will be greatly helped. We want to get them back to the point where they would have had if they had a good year. Now, the reason that we're seeing this play out on the stock market today and probably the president's announcement coincides with this is because Steve Mnuchin said yesterday that no additional meetings with China have been scheduled. It's not looking good. He told American firms to rework their supply chains and source their products elsewhere. Now, that's an easy thing to say, but not an easy thing to do, especially if you're going to China for your goods because you're going to be paying more elsewhere, and you're going you're gonna to change the way you, you get all your product like that? Yeah. And this is supposed to be, according to the president and uh, the people who have put this together, this is a stopgap measure. This is to just to bridge the gap between, uh, between the trade war that we find ourselves in now, if you want to clara- classify it as that so far, but the trade... Um, considerations that we're under right now and then to bridge the gap between that and whatever happens in the future whether we can have some sort of a negotiated deal between us and china whatever this is supposed to at least take some of the pain away uh there was another thing that happened at the white house yesterday that we didn't cover but uh, was very important and that was the awarding of medal of valor to eight Southern California law enforcement officers who responded to the Election Day shooting in Azusa back in 2016, if you remember that. There was a guy who went on that rampage in a neighborhood, killed one person, injured three others with a rifle and a handgun. Eight Azusa and Irwindale police officers were honored at the White House with that Medal of Valor. It's the nation's highest honor for bravery, bravery by a public safety officer. 
He said to them during the ceremony, to each of you, you represent the unity, devotion, teamwork and swift action that makes America's law enforcement the best and bravest anywhere in the world. Uh, So honored were retired Lieutenant Xavier Torres, Sergeant Seth Chapman, retired Sergeant Terry Smith, Jr., Sergeant Thomas Avila, the third Sergeant Rocky Wenrick, retired Corporal Andrew, uh, Andrew Rodriguez, senior senior officer Carlos Placencia. All of the Azusa Police Department and Detective Manuel Campos of the Irwindale Police Department. On the day of the shooting, Placentia and Torres ran through gunfire from that suspect toward a woman who had been shot in the head. And then Smith, Rodriguez and Chapman were returning fire at the suspect. Avia, Renrick and Campos drew the gunman, the, the shooter, out of the house, which allowed officers to shoot and kill him. Uh, absolutely deserved. That was good news. Uh, the candidates, we haven't talked yet uh, today about any of the 2020 candidates, but there was one that uh, just qualified for the debate stage. Marianne Williamson. This, um, I'm sorry? I'll uh, say it again. Marianne Williamson. Now, her claim to fame is that she, I believe she ran for Congress or the state legislature several years ago, four or five years ago. She's a spiritual guru. She is a self-help, a self-help author and one of the things that they describe her as is friend of Oprah. She has met both thresholds of the DNC's criteria for qualifying for the debates, polling and fundraising. <laughs> uh, the Monmouth University poll released today showed her at 1%. That's the third poll to do so this year, meeting that low bar for qualification. Now, we've talked before about each of these now 24 candidates, I think it is, that are running for the Democratic nomination and how they're trying to sort of carve out the issue that they'll be known what for. What is their soapbox? Right. Well, listen Jay, to- Inslee is, Jay Inslee is the environment guy. Bernie Sanders is the uh, income redistribution guy. Kamala Harris is guns. Yeah, everybody's got something. Well, she's got something. What does she have? She has... A theme of love. I'm sorry? Her campaign is a theme of love. There's only one way to override fear, racism, bigotry, anti-Semitism, and that is to harness love. You're going to be harnessing love. I can't wait to hear that on the debate stage. Harnessing makes it sound like it's like a big animal, like a horse. Well, I think she just means that we have love in all of us and we need to harness it. To grab on onto it and ride that love. Sorry, that sounded weird. You know what I mean? No, I don't even know what love, I mean. Love, <laughs> decency, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, love for each other, love for our country, love for our unborn great grandchildren. What has she written? What is well, she? Well, you tell me. You tell me what has she written. I'm gonna look. Uh the debates don't come up until, I think it's the end of June. Ooh, A Return to Love is one of her books. Ooh, that sounds nice. Uh, let's see. Return to Love. By the way, we were talking a little bit earlier. You want me to open it up? Nope. You're going to read from it? I was thinking about it. Uh, a Return to Love? She reveals how we can each become a miracle worker by accepting God and by the expression of love in our daily lives. Whether psychic pain is in the area of relationships, career, or health, she shows us how love is a potent force, the key to inner peace. Well, I mean, she's not wrong. What, what's her What's her opinion of the uh, the tariffs that have been placed on us by China, or vice versa? Love. Oh, well, let me ask you also an important uh, important issue. Uh, 
prescription drug prices super high. And I mean, talk about pricing people out of the ability to afford a, a good, consistent, healthy life. What about prescription drug prices? I don't know, but I do know this. She writes, when we were born, we were programmed perfectly. We had a natural tendency to focus on love. Okay, let me ask you quickly about college prices. College prices just getting crazy. The, the cost of sending a child to college. She writes, love is what we were born with. Fear is what we have learned here. The spiritual journey is the relinquishment or unlearning of fear and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. Love is the essential, existential fact. It is our ultimate reality and our purpose on earth. Meaning doesn't lie in things. Meaning lies in us. I think, by the way, God has begun to strike back at us. <laughs> uh, Blake just told me there's a tornado warning that's been issued for Washington, D.C. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. we got a lot going on here today. All right. <laughs> Let's use we love. We come back. John Walker Lind. And uh, love. Out of jail. The American Taliban out of a federal prison in Indiana. We'll check and see what's going to go on with him the next few years. On the Gary and Shannon Show. Shannon, we've got a massive one o'clock hour for you. Dow down 286 currently. We'll keep our eye on Wall Street. We've also got Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman coming up. There's been some leaks coming from Apple about their new phone design. Nancy Pelosi said today that uh, she wants somebody to stage an intervention, whether it's White House staff, uh, the president's family, somebody to stage an intervention. The president hit back saying yeah. she's a mess. Let's face it. <laughs> These two. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, <laughs> well, John Walker Lind was the American Taliban. Grew up in a nice place up in Marin County. Ended up going to Yemen, learning, learning Arabic, and then joining the Taliban. Yeah, we caught him soon after the September 11th attacks in Afghanistan, fighting on behalf of the Taliban. And he came back, and instead of going to Guantanamo Bay, he, went, he ended up in the... Um, Federal Penitentiary, Terre Haute, Indiana. Also at the penitentiary, but not inside, Ryan Burrow, our friend uh, covering the story for ABC and for KFI. Ryan, uh, who was the uh, the lucky person who got to pick up John Walker Lind from jail today? You know, it sounds like it was his family. We really, I mean, there was no pomp and circumstance around it. We in the media uh, were essentially standing out at a dollar store parking lot across from the entrance. He likely would have had to go right by us. We never noticed. We don't exactly know what time. Uh, we don't know who he was with at the time. All we know is that the uh, the Federal uh, Prison Bureau uh, released a, a, short, a quick note to us saying that he was no longer in their custody. Here's what we do know. Uh, he is expected, if he's not there already, to wind up in northern Virginia, suburban Washington, D.C. He's going to serve out the next three years under strict probation in a temporary housing situation. Uh, he will have no communication with anyone deemed an extremist. All of his electronic communications must be in English, uh, and they will be monitored by a probation officer. His passport taken away from him, and he will have mental health treatments over this two-and-a-half, three-year span. So the question is, is he radicalized? Uh, We don't know. 
Uh, and this might make some people angry because uh, we do know a few things. First of all, we know that he apologized for joining the Taliban when he was sentenced in 2002. At that time that he was with the Taliban, uh, this was before uh, 9-11. And then obviously, as you mentioned, he was picked up after 9-11. He admitted to meeting Osama bin Laden. But he's also been described as a very, very low person in the Taliban, a volunteer, someone who was just trying to learn the system, learn uh, the people around him. Spent 17 years behind bars, uh, got out because of good behavior. And there are two reports that while he was in prison, he continued to advocate for global jihad and made some pro-ISIS statements. So uh, we have had quite a bit of pushback as far as who this person is who's now being released into the world. Is this a radicalized man who's looking to do harm, who's dangerous? Or is this someone who got maybe swept up in a situation he wasn't prepared to handle or someone perhaps who uh, learned his ways and, and, and is looking forward to, to riding the ship? Um, we just don't know at this point. He has uh, an almost direct connection to Mike Spann, uh, a CIA agent, the first guy, in fact, I think that interviewed him in Afghanistan. Mike Spann then died a few hours, uh, if not earlier than that, after that interview because, it's believed, John Walker Lynn did not give up information about an ambush that had been planned on that location. Do we know anything about um, uh, Mike Spann's family, their reaction to all of this? Yeah, they're not happy. Uh, they live in Alabama. Uh, his father is named John. Uh, he has already publicly uh, tried to plead to not only the senators of Alabama, uh, but as well as to President Trump, telling him not to let uh, uh, John Walker Lynn out. Uh, found him to be still dangerous. Obviously, they believe that he did uh, not do the things that eventually resulted in the death of Mike. Um, now, he was never charged with that. The charges were actually with aiding and abetting uh, the Taliban. Um, but obviously there is that, you know, hour, two hour long connection there uh, in which uh, the Span family thinks that Walker Lynn could have done something or at least communicated uh, to Span that uh, this was this was on and he needed to get out of there. And that never happened. Do we know where he is going to live? Well, as of right now, northern Virginia, don't know the exact location of that. Don't know if we'll ever know the exact location of that. Uh, there have been thoughts, there have been, there's been speculation that when that's over, he may return to California. Um, remember, though, he hasn't been back there since he was a teenager. He's 38 years old now. Um, so I, I don't exactly know what job prospects he has lined up or anything like that. Uh, he's just going to try to get himself acclimated back into American society again. And, um, you know, obviously the, the hope is, is that uh, he's not radicalized. All right, Ryan, thank you. Appreciate it. Ryan Bro there with the latest outside of Terre Haute, Indiana, that federal what penitentiary. The, what the drive's like from Chicago for Ryan. So, it's not too bad. I saw one report while Ryan was there. I was reading on uh, a different article that said that it was his mother that had picked him up. Of course it was. These parents seem to have just been turning a blind eye all through his childhood and when he went to Yemen. And you know they paid for that trip. Making weird excuses for you him. You know, and the thing that was so chilling is that the dad in 2002 was just defending him. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. He didn't hurt an American. He that's, loves America. That's because the dad, on after 9-11, was terrified. He said his anxiety was off the charts because he was convinced, after not hearing from his son after 9-11, that he was somehow involved. And so when he founds out, finds out he wasn't a hijacker on the, one of those planes or whatever, didn't have a hand in it directly, it was like, oh, well, my son's not that bad. Yeah. It's just it's, chilling. That, and that there's no realization at that point. Like, right. I maybe my son is something yeah. bad. You right. Know? If, I, if, if something happened to uh, my son's roommate, some brutal murder or something like that, 
uh, and I hadn't heard from my son, I would never think, oh, he's totally capable of that. He's totally capable of that. I just hope it's not him. Right. Because then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, do I hear myself thinking that my son would be capable of brutally murdering somebody? Right. There's a problem there. All right, coming up next, we've got Tech Talk, uh, but first we've got to tell you about something special. It's very special. How? It's the most special thing we've ever done here at KFI. Join us. I might even say it's magical. That is a very good word for it. That's how special it is. Join the entire KFI cast. We're talking John and Ken, Handel. There's other people. There's, I mean, there's us. Well, yeah. It's Conway. What, I want to know where you, why you're stumbling. Why you're... Because I paused after Handel because yeah. I was going to say something wildly inappropriate. About how magical he is? Yes. Whoa, I just spilled again. Look at that. Yes. We are going to be. But you don't want to eat at his table or directly across It was going to be something totally <laughs> in that vein. Absolutely. Like, but don't sit next to him. Because it's not good. Yeah, and if you like uh, showers with your uh, with your dinner, then sit directly <laughs> across from him. We're talking about a magical evening at a secret, undisclosed mansion in the Hollywood Hills, famous for magic. Your charitable donation includes, get this, a gourmet dinner, cocktails, free valet parking, yeah. live Tim Conway Jr. broadcast. I could watch that all day. Me too. Tons of magic from some of the most well-known magicians in the country. This is a huge deal. Yes. Because we're going to have the whole cast, the whole, sorry, mansion to ourselves. Just us. Single tickets available, 350 bucks. Couples, 640 And group ticket discounts are also available. But this is an extremely limited event. There's only so much room there in the mansion. Benefits the American Red Cross, of course. The Get Prepared California Initiative. So for more details, log on to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword Red Cross. Tech Talk when we return to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon on this Thursday, it's May 23rd. Reminder that if you win that thousand bucks, you got to pick up the phone because they will let you know by phone, even if it is from a number you don't recognize. Another chance an hour from now, all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show, we give away a thousand bucks here on KFI. A couple of stories that will follow. We do have some weird science stories coming up, but John Walker Lind out of prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. He was the American Taliban found on the battlefield in Afghanistan. Nancy Pelosi hits back again after the meeting that didn't take place yesterday, saying that she wants to see somebody perform some sort of an intervention on the, the president. Um, so and that's never going to go away. 120 Thursday means we hook up with our friend, tech guru, Mark Saltzman. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Hey, Mark. Where do we find you today? Uh, it's a little noisy. I apologize. Uh, I'm here at Collision Conference. This is a big tech show taking place in my hometown in Toronto for the next three years. It was in New Orleans last year, and it's sort of the birth of, uh, it sort of was born out of Web Summit, which is an international uh, show as well, uh, based in, in Europe. But, you know, the idea here is that it's like, business meets tech. So if you are a startup and you're looking for money or connections, you've got a great idea in something like AI or robotics or virtual reality, this is the place to be to meet investors. That's one of the key things going on here. About uh, 5,500 companies uh, of 25% or so are startups. Uh, About 25 to 30,000 people at a massive uh, trade show here. It's already bigger than Web Summit, again, which is the parent's 
conference. But uh, Collision, as it's called, or Collision Conference, is wrapping up today. It's been a lot of fun. I've been here for three days. So, again, apologize for the noise, but I found a little <laughs> quiet nook off the show floor, and there's a lot of big booths here. A lot of companies from California, too, from L.A. So uh, I, I, I know I've been meeting a lot of people who are uh, listeners of KFI. Hey, oh. I, want, I wanted to ask you about a um, uh, an interesting story. Last week, there was a military plane that crashed just east of here, out in Riverside. But the video that we saw of this plane going down was caught on people's dash cams. And I was surprised at how many people have these things now. Yeah, and uh, with Memorial Day weekend coming up, a lot of road trips, people are scooping these things up. They're as low as $50. They, of course, mount to your dashboard or your windshield, and it just gives you video evidence of anything happening in front of you or, in some cases, behind you. Uh, or if you're pulled over by the authorities and you want a video record of that in, uh, that exchange, you just swivel the camera around. So that that is really the purpose of a, of a dash cam or a dashboard camera. And, um, you know, that's that's how it got its start in in, com- in countries like Russia, where there was a lot of, uh, you know, um, people that were uh, it was like insurance scams. They would, you know, purposely hit you and they would say, hey, we can put this through insurance or just give me the money, <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, um, in, uh, you know, south of the border in Mexico, there's been, you know, some instances of uh, corrupt police. I know you don't believe it. But uh, again, being, you know, bribing the uh, the driver saying, you know, give me some cash. So this gives you video evidence. Some are more discreet than others, but usually it's a camera that you can see. And, and it is a popular purchase. And the quality is getting better. You can get them uh, relatively inexpensively. It's connected to your vehicle's power. So the moment you turn on the ignition, it starts recording in a loop. And then if it detects anything like, a, you know, a, a crash or a bump, it locks that file uh, because of that internal sensor. And new features are getting popular. One is a parking mode. So even when you're not in your vehicle, let's say you're at a mall or at an amusement park this uh, long weekend and there's an incident taking place around your vehicle, somebody hits you, it starts recording. And uh, that, that, therefore, you've got evidence. But keep in mind, this could also implicate you as the driver. You know, if you want to pop that memory card out of the uh, dash cam and show it to the police, the authorities, you know, it, it could show your, the speed that you're driving as well. Keep hey, that in mind. Hey, Mark, how much do these go for? Yeah, so they're as low as $35 on the low end. And then the more features uh, that you want, the, the higher the price. Um, 4K video, which is a much better quality, especially when you zoom in on like a license plate. The higher the resolution, the more you can zoom in. Some have wireless streaming. So uh, on your phone, you can see what the camera is recording in real time. Should you be walking around a mall and you want to see what your vehicle uh, is seeing? Um, again, I talked about um, collision detection, even in parking mode. So it'll it'll start recording even if not driving. And then finally, some have speech support. So you can say, you know, like Alexa, show me, you know, what uh, what's going on, what what happened uh, 20 minutes ago on my, my dash cam and things like that. So, yeah, they go up in price, but as low as $35, easy to install. Uh, you could see the, uh, the applications for a dashboard camera. Just about every uh, automobile now comes with the option, at least, for cameras, whether it's a rear view camera, cameras in the front, on the mirrors, whatever. Most of that's for parking Do you know of any automakers that are putting this kind of uh, dash cam, recordable video camera anywhere in their car? 
I, I, I do predict it will be a feature that we'll see in a couple of years from now, but I don't know of any automakers now that give you an option to have an integrated dashboard camera, uh, or better yet, even in the grill of the vehicle, somewhere that a little bit uh, more discreet, so you don't see it um, while you're driving uh, just below, usually your, your rear view mirror. So I think that's it's smart to, to have that. I haven't seen many uh, offering it, but you're right. It is normal now, uh, even on entry-level vehicles, to have some sort of back, backup camera that will show. Uh, show you visually as well as give you an audible beep if you're getting close to, say, a child uh, on a skateboard or to another vehicle in a parking lot. And that's just meant to, to guide you. But I think that we will start seeing record, like where it actually saves the file either locally or in the cloud somewhere that you can access back at home, uh, any video evidence that you may need of an incident. If you're cut off on a freeway and you want, uh, it's, it's going to be a he said, she said thing, right? Unless you've got video proof. So that's why people are scooping up these dashboard cameras like crazy. There have been some leaks about Apple's new iPhone 11 design. Yeah, so these usually start around the summer and, uh, you know, as Apple gets ready to unveil the new iPhones every September, but already we're seeing some releases from a few different websites and some companies in China, you know, BGR.com, Boy Genius Report. They've got some photos, alleged photos of of what the next iPhones are going to look like. Uh, I think the biggest difference is a triple camera system on the back, and that's for more of the high-end ones. Let's call it the, you know, whatever it's going to be called, the iPhone 11 Max or whatever. Um, we, we're starting to see a similar design. I don't think they're going to mess with uh, the form factor if these photos can be believed. And uh, just as you as you know, every year it's just a little bit better than what came before, faster with better cameras, sometimes thinner, but I don't think so in this case. And um, next week, uh, well, actually, the invites went out already for the first week of June where Apple's going to be hosting their WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, where they're going to see more of the software, like what, what the next operating system is going to look like, iOS 13, which powers smartphones and, and I, uh, the iPhone and iPad. We're going to see what the new bells and whistles are there, among other things, you know, for the Mac. So, yeah, but these uh, renders, if you are, if your listeners are really into iPhone and they want a glimpse into what may be the next iPhone 11, uh, the, the family of them, they can just go to BGR.com and uh, you'll see the article front and center because these leaks are happening earlier this year than ever before. So, Awesome. Mark, thank you. Have fun at your nerd party. <laughs> Yeah, I will. Thank you. Wish you guys were here. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. All right, we come back. Uh, We're going to talk about some good, odd science stories, but make sure that you follow Mark Saltzman on Twitter, Mark with a C underscore Saltzman. Also, you can listen to his podcast, Tech It Out. Tech It Out with Mark Saltzman uh, on the iHeartRadio app. So I'm calling baloney on that uh, video. What was that, CBS, the local news? Some woman catches her gardener with his pants down in her backyard, and she freaks out, and she's videoing it. She's yelling at him. I think the guy just was going to the bathroom. He's taking a whiz, right? Right. And and then and then we're going to send a news crew out there and, and do a package on it? Uh, I mean, it's not cool for him to take a whiz in your backyard, but let's keep our... I would have... I mean, it would be kind of weird, but I wouldn't have a reaction to seeing my gardener, if I had one, uh, going to the bathroom in the backyard. Because they're outside all day. Right. Working. And where are you going to go? That's a good question. I don't know. A couple stories that we have followed. Um, The Justice Department, just in from Washington, the Justice Department announced uh, that WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has been hit with a few new charges. An 18-count indictment that was announced today. 
They go far beyond this initial indictment against him made public last month that accused of con- uh, him of conspiring with Chelsea Manning. The new indictment said he conspired with Manning to obtain and disclose classified national defense documents, including State Department cables and reports on the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and said that his actions risk serious harm to the United States. Um, did you also see the story that uh, that Diane Feinstein had dinner with Javad Zarif, who the name itself might not mean anything, but he is the foreign minister of Iran This uh, just a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact. So she is a high-ranking member of the intelligence community in that she's been on the, defense, uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee for probably decades, actually. So anyway. Well, I've got the stories about LSD, stories about, um, you know, your face teeming with mites. Uh, Can we keep this one till the end? This one is so disgusting. Oh, the human cheese? Yeah, human cheese we'll do in the next segment. Uh, uh, But these are all like a weird science-y... Weird science has been Strange. Strange science. Strange science. It's like weird science, but... Strange. If I didn't own a Scottish Terrier, I think I would own a chimpanzee. Yes, chimpanzees are a lovely creature. There is a... Uh, Except they're eating tortoises. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You ever had turtle soup? Turtle soup? No, that's terrible. <laughs> okay. What? You ever had a hamburger? Turtles are little baby turtles. Thank you for that wonderful description of what a turtle is. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but I do have a, like Ken has, a hierarchy of animals. Which ones to eat. Which ones to eat and which ones you stay away from. Okay. And tortoise for me is stay away from. Well, just nothing else for the crunchy part of it. The science, a journal Scientific Reports said that researchers from Germany watching chimpanzees at Loango National Park in Gabon have shown that chimpanzees will crack tortoise shells against tree trunks and then scoop out the meat and eat it. They see this hard-shelled object with some interesting thing inside, and I need to crack it open. One of the authors of the paper said that scientists have never before spotted any that crack open and eat the reptiles when it comes to chimpanzees and tortoises that coexist elsewhere. Well... Chimpanzees are a smart little bugger because if you remember, they use they'll use like a long stri- a long piece of grass and dip it down into an ant hill and then pull it out and then just eat those things off of there like uh, peanut butter on a celery stick. The authors also noted that weaker chimpanzees will pass their tortoises to stronger adults who then break them open and then share the meal among the whole group. Kind of like, you know, open this jar for me. In one case, they said a male chimpanzee was even spotted eating half a tortoise and then tucking the shell into a tree fork and coming back the next day to finish the leftovers. Smart. Planning ahead. They are planning ahead. Meal planning is uh, very important. Even without an iPhone, that's pretty amazing. CBS News engineer tripped on LSD for nine hours. (laughs) Not by choice. Elliot Curtis was repairing... A 1960s synthesizer at Cal State East Bay. Never heard of it. And this synthesizer had been abandoned in a cold, dark closet for decades. He removed a knob to clean a residue underneath. And after about 45 minutes, he had this weird, tingling sensation. 
and was tripping on LSD. He he told the TV station up in San Francisco, I felt like I was tripping on LSD. Well, he, now I have a question. Yeah. D- does does Elliot know what it's like to trip on LSD? Yeah, I would imagine, but you you know what it is. Okay, hold you on. You know what it is. And so what you're saying, if I, never having done acid... Like, if you, listening to this music... Yeah. If you suddenly heard this music, and you closed your eyes, mm-hmm. and you saw, like, a, tracers... A rainbow cat? Yep, rainbow cat, uh, sunshine that has a big mouth on it, eating the cat. Half a turtle? You wouldn't wonder what it was. I would know right away. You'd be like, I have done acid. But I wouldn't know that, because I was working on a synthesizer. Like, if you saw that microphone grow claws and start, like, attacking you with the claws, you'd know. There's rumors that musicians would wet their fingers and touch the device coated in LSD for psychedelic inspiration. The particular Buchla Model 100 keyboard was created by the late Don Buchla of the University of California, Berkeley. Some of them ended up on a bus... That was bought by Ken Kesey back in 1966. He was also friends with the Grateful Dead sound engineer, a guy named Osley Stanley, known as the Bear, famous for making the purest street LSD. Hey, we've got some sound engineers Uh, here. We've got Bert Weiner. Mm -hmm. We've got Craig. Could you imagine those guys on LSD? Could you imagine this guy works for KPIX Channel 5? Um, Could I imagine them not? I mean, you know, uh, Craig raises mice. Yep. And Bert had a pet squirrel. Yes. Named Velcro. Mm-hmm. Are we on to something right now? Or we're on acid right now. We don't realize. The music it. is kind of doing it. Um, speaking of, there is also a study in the Evolutionary Behavioral Sciences Journal that suggests that people who prefer instrumental music tend to be more intelligent. Student at uh, Oxford Brooks University became interested in how musical preference is tied to personality traits as she learned about the Savannah IQ interaction hypothesis. Clearly, everybody, I feel like I don't don't, have to say it. Why would you? But I'm going to anyway. The Savannah IQ interaction hypothesis presumes that more intelligent individuals seek more novel approaches compared to less intelligent people. Novel experiences. Yeah. What did I say? Approaches. If you could be more intelligent. Well, see, that's... What I've done there is sort of imposed. Oh, you've improved. Right. Really, is what Which you is did. Different. Is it the acid that's less intelligent people tripping you up? You all of a sudden just for just for a flash, yeah, looked like a demogorgon. That's because I am one. Oh my god. Okay, so coming up next, um, we've got oh, some bad things gross. to tell you about your skin oils uh, and gross armpit bacteria. Does everybody feel high right now? I feel like I'm sitting on the rainbow cat. You're in the rainbow cat. Oh, my God. Chris Little, what's up? I don't know, man. Gary and Shannon, you know it's what it was. Mm. On this Thursday, 
Before we get back to uh, Strange Science, I want to remind you, tomorrow, tomorrow we are doing the show live out at Bravery Brewing in Lancaster to help kick off Memorial Weekend. <laughs> we are going to have a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, Panera said they're going to be out there early with some coffee and pastries. If you're one of the first people out there, uh, Tacos El Superior food truck will be there for you to buy lunch. Bombshell Betty's with their calendars. The Chop Shop Barbershop providing free haircuts to vets all day. Uh, Patriot Guard Riders Motorcycle Group's going to be there. We're going to end up giving away a car to a veteran in need as well. A local auto shop and the Automobile Club team up, teaming up to do that. Plus, very special, never before as far as I know, somebody made a beer for us. It's it called is a KFIPA. Be- and it's a beautiful beer. Are you going to have some of that? I know of that's not necessarily your speed. Okay, of course that I am. You're going to at least try it. It's my duty as an American. That's a damn right it is. Anyway, yep. that's going to be tomorrow. Bravery Brewing in Lancaster. Beer, tacos, veterans. What more do you want in life? I don't know. I definitely don't want face mites. Yeah, this is a headline that Nick uh, really, really had an emotional response to. Your face is. Your face. Your face is teeming with mites. You know what else is? Yeah. I, do do is we say that? The list? No, it just nipples. Well, Demodex, Demodex folliculorum is what a mite is. I don't want to. The species. You know, I don't want to do this story. It, go, it, it exists in your ears, your eyebrows, your eyelashes, and hairs that cover your nipples and genitals. I have never looked at your nipples. A typical eyelash mite will live between two and three weeks, and they're saying that you can transfer mites. With direct facial contact with another person. Jesus. And they they feed off of your... I don't want to hear what they're feeding your, off of. Your skin oil. skin oil. And they mate on your face Let's, while you sleep. Got it. Can we move on to the human cheese? Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's better. Human cheese story. Here we go. I'm going to have you do this one, too. <laughs> Twitter. London's Victoria and Albert Museum has a display called Food Bigger Than the Plate. Now, they want to talk about, uh, begin this conversation at least, about microbes that are usually involved with food. Why do we have to begin a conversation about microbes? Can't we not have that conversation? Microbes interact with each other. They perform different roles. They help to form us, feed us, protect us. They're making celebrity cheeses to do this. How? Scientists and cheesemakers are collecting bacteria from celebrities' body, like armpits, ears, noses, and belly buttons. Then that bacteria is grown in Petri dishes until suitable strains can be harvested and added to the milk to make the cheese. Because the bacteria that's normally used in making cheese is similar to the bacteria that's found on your body, um, that's, for example, they say that's why some... (laughs) You okay? That's why some cheeses smell like feet. God. (laughs) Can we do a story about something else? Well, we could have done like space flight or rockets or the human cheese making process isn't really different, they say, from typical cheese making. And it may not be for everyone, clearly. It's it's not gross, according to British baking show runner up Ruby Tando. It's not gross. It's art. Mm-hmm. They used a swab of bacteria from Ruby's face to be cultivated into a Stilton cheese. So they, the stock market. They said that cheese made from human bacteria does not actually smell like the person that it comes from. The Dow lost 286 points today. The cheese made from Professor Green, the British rapper. He hates cheese, but he provided his microbes for a chunk of mozzarella. Doesn't really smell like Professor Green. What they said. 
People have a mixture of repulsion and attraction to the cheeses. That gives us a chance to have a really interesting conversation about bacteria and odors and why they might gross people out. Blessings. It has not yet been determined whether or not self-made cheese wheels are safe for human consumption. So if you go to that museum, you won't necessarily get to chomp on the human celebrity cheeses. Where are you going? Are you getting a head start on our news and brews? All right. Uh, Someone's going (laughs) to... She's already left. (laughs) Tomorrow, news and brews, bravery brewing in Lancaster. We'll see you out there to kick off uh, Memorial Weekend. John and Ken up next. Celebrity cheeses and stay dry, everybody. Oh, goodbye. Gary and Shannon.